0: Uh, we've been doing a series called The Story of God, and this marks the last week, week 12. And then so after that, I don't really know what we're doing, but uh, this week, I just want to kind of give you a little recap, and then we'll jump into this story. Uh, this, the story of God is basically telling the narrative of the Bible, front, front to the, you know, beginning to end in 12 weeks. And in the first six, seven weeks, we talked about um, the beginning, how God was there, how He created everything. He created man. We talked about uh, the separation between uh, God and man called sin, how that entered the world. Uh, we talked about um, how that that severed a perfect relationship that God had planned with us. Uh, we talked about even in that how God pursues us. We talked about the system of sacrifice that God himself set up uh, that we uh, where where you would take a perfect animal uh, and basically use it as a substitutionary atonement, which is a fancy word for uh, the, the, the animal would take on the sins of the person, you'd sacrifice it and that would be pleasing to God. Uh, we talked about um, Abraham and how he cho- God chose to bless him uh, and make him the father of many nations. Uh, and then we talked about the covenant with Abraham. We talked about Moses and how he led the children out of Israel, uh, children of Israel out of Egypt, excuse me, uh, and out of slavery to the promised land, we talked about the kings and the prophets and how the prophets told of a coming king with a new kind of kingdom, uh, all pointing to Jesus. And then a few weeks ago we started talking about Jesus. That was all like in nine weeks we talked about all that stuff. And so that was kind of a brief recap. Um, But then we talked about Jesus and the prophecies that came true uh, just at his birth. Um, We talked about the life of Jesus, how he was sinless and this new way of living that he taught us. And we talked about this kingdom. Where the first will be last, and then last week we talked about the death and resurrection of Jesus and John mentioned last week that over two hundred prophecies had been written about about uh, Jesus in the Bible that came to pass path with his birth, life, death, and resurrection so um, just in all that a lot of you guys it's summer I know that some of you made it to all these some of you made it to some of them but what are and, and let me, for those of you visit, visiting, let me tell you how this goes. This is a give and take time. Don't think of me as the teacher today. I'm just kind of the facilitator. I'm going to try to get you guys to ask questions, answer questions, all that stuff. So, uh, but with all that being said, what was kind of your biggest takeaway from the story, story of God, uh, looking back over the last eleven weeks? Anyone? Come on, Kurt. You said you'd talk this morning, and I will call you out if I know your name. Come on, what's your biggest takeaway? Anybody? God's forgiveness is always, always there. Okay. What's that? Okay. Okay, so basically just exercising our faith, living in that faith as believers, as followers of Jesus. What else? Right, so God's sovereign. Yeah, His ways are not our ways. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Trusting God. Even when it's been 400 years in captivity. Right, you can count on it. Okay. Anything else? Another big takeaway? God's always communicating. Always trying to talk to us. We need to be listening. (laughs) Uh, What else? He's always there when we need him. That was good. We're always pursuing. We saw that first with Adam and Eve, right? Very first sin. God was after them, um, trying to clothe them in their shame and their nakedness. And so he's always providing. Anything else? Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Just the system of sacrifice that was set up prior to Jesus and then ultimately Jesus. Yeah? Yeah. What else? Ooh, I like that. Nothing we can do that cannot do his grace. I like it. What else? Don Taylor, I saw you talking to your wife. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) It's like, wow, Trey's beard is really getting long. (laughs) Okay. What else? puts the breath in our lungs. I think we're singing that in a minute. Yeah. The second set. I mean, he's, he's the one that gives us breath. And so, yeah, we were created with a purpose. Um, awesome. Anybody else? Always forgive us. Yeah. He will. He will always forgive us. So let's, let's jump into today's story. Uh, and again, wrapping up, honestly, let me be real honest with you. I don't know where it's going to go at the end of this. I mean, as far as I've got a few notes, but I, I, I've really left it open-ended. So there will be kind of a wide range of discussion at the end of this. And so please just kind of pay attention to the end of this story and then we'll go on for there. Okay. So, um, let's pray first. Father, um, we do thank you for everything that that was mentioned here as part of the story. Father, for your grace, uh, for your love, for your forgiveness, um, just for being intimately involved in in the creation of us as individuals, um, and and I just for giving us breath. You're so good to us, Uh, and we just, in this time, ask that you speak to us through your word, and uh, we do give you glory for that. In your name we pray, amen. All right, so just as he had promised, Jesus had in fact risen from the dead and appeared to his disciples many times. Let me mention this. Inside your bulletin, down at the very bottom, I think, is the note about the story of God. The scripture that this story comes from is outlined there. So if you've got a problem with it, anyway, go look it up later, read it or whatever. So one of the disciples named Thomas said, I can't believe it. Unless I can put my fingers into the holes... Where his hands were nailed to the cross. And then Jesus appeared to him and said, Put your fingers here in the holes of my hands, and put your hand in the wound in my side. And Thomas now believed because of what he saw. But Jesus said, I will bless even more who believe who haven't seen, but still believe. Not only did Jesus meet with the disciples, over 500 witnesses also saw him after he had risen from the dead. The news about his resurrection spread throughout the land. And then Jesus met with the disciples uh, to give them a mission. Go and make more disciples all over the world, teaching them to walk in my ways and obey me. And then he said, I'm leaving now to be with my Father in heaven, but you will never be alone. God's Spirit will come and live inside you, giving you peace and leading you to all truth. As the disciples watched, Jesus was taken into heaven. A few weeks later, a group of 120 of those who had followed Jesus were praying together. All of a sudden, they heard a loud sound like a howling wind that filled the room. Each of them was filled with God's spirit and began speaking in languages that were not their own. This was a miracle from God. A crowd of people began to gather wondering what was happening. One of Jesus' disciples named Peter stepped forward and explained to the crowds how Jesus had fulfilled all the prophet's predictions and that he was the true Messiah. That day, thousands believed uh, what Peter had said and turned from their sins to follow Jesus in the ways of God. They found forgiveness in Jesus, realizing that he had exchanged his life for theirs as a a final sacrifice for all men's sins. His blood became their covering. The followers of Jesus grew in number as they lived out God's promise to be a blessing to all people. And this was the beginning of what the Bible calls the church, a community of people all over the world who, because of Jesus, um, again enjoy a life that is full and complete, following the ways of God, and we can enjoy this amazing story as well. All right, so... Um, that's kind of, it's talking about the birth of a new church, but kind of inside of all that is this, is, is a theme of discipleship. And it's, and I'm, what I want to talk about is, is the disciples. I want to talk specifically about Thomas and Peter, but I, with that, let's talk about what is a disciple. It's an apprentice. You've been reading the tangible kingdom. Yes, it is an apprentice. Somebody that spreads his word. Okay. The word discipleship. I looked this up because I just wanted to know what that little ship on the end of disciple meant. So it means condition, character, office, or skill. Um, And then it says this that we're talking about uh, in terms of becoming a disciple, that there is a process. There's a process of becoming a disciple. And for the original disciples, this took everything that they knew, everything that they knew about God, all of their past experiences, and they likely sacrificed all that they had, family, uh, jobs, uh, comforts, homes, all that stuff. They had to sacrifice that to follow Jesus. Pretty high cost of discipleship. Um, one of the questions I had was specifically about Thomas. you know what they uh, they refer to Thomas as doubting Thomas. you know he, he said unless I, unless I feel the scars myself or feel feel where he's pit pierced I won't you know I won't believe it And so that's exactly Jesus showed up in the room through a locked door. It was kind of weird, but he came in and says, hey Tom and Jesus Jesus had not heard audibly his his concern and he he said thomas come here and touch my side feel my hands and thomas then believed but i i started thinking about just thomas's doubt and and how jesus addressed that can can anybody relate to thomas anybody ever have doubts anybody doubt god god's will god's direction our salvation yes nod just me okay i got okay i got you um what do we do, what do we do when we doubt? What was that? No trust, no trust. right? Yeah, how do we work through that? Prayer? Did, did you, who said that? I yes. Yes, prayer and what else? How do we work through our doubt? I like how the story shows that God knows. Yeah. He's bigger than our doubt, He's bigger than our questions. So, yeah, I do agree. Prayer. I think, I think too, God's kind of, I think there's got to be something. And maybe, maybe prayer is that practical thing for us. But uh, you know, Thomas was obviously a very pragmatic, practical guy uh, with doubts, like many of us. But you know, and Jesus physically came up and and had him touch the scars, touch the you know the holes where where the nails were, the where the sword went. And so I'm trying to figure out for myself, like, what are the what are, where are the scars that I asked Jesus for? Where are the, where are the where do I get to touch? Anybody have any? Yeah. That's kind of what I thought of, too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I've seen his provision. I've seen his provision. I've seen where he's cared for me. I know that he saved me. Huh? You didn't want to hear it. What do you do when you get there? Because that wasn't Thomas' problem. That's a different issue. <laughs> right. What was that? I think have a real relationship with God, just I think, in my life other Mm hmm. Right, 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 and that's the problem. I think I think we mentioned this not maybe not last week, but anyway, uh, some at some point we talked about this. I mean, we're created for community, a community of faith where other believers we're around other believers as well, um, where we can kind of glean off their, you know, their concrete stuff. You know, the stuff that that's happened with them, because there's a ton of stories that that go on here, and that those may be the scars that we go, okay, yeah, I, I remember that. I remember what, when. That happened to Scott Dostrom, or whatever. So, sir, to I'm to put out Gideon and it's mm-hmm. are they the same thing? He's talking about Gideon, who who put out a, a fleece, prayed. If it's wet, I'll believe. I believe that was of God. It's not the same though. Okay, I don't know either. Uh, Did Thomas do it out of fear? That's a good question. You, You said Thomas did responded the way that he did out of fear. I mean, there obviously there's fear when we doubt. Anybody? I got an Go. And uh, that would be that. During that time, because all they had was the Old testament, they continued to look for a Messiah, and there were several, several so-called Messiahs that would sprout up. But every single one of them either got arrested, got killed, or whatever. There was no results mm-hmm. So Thomas was still thinking in his head. Maybe this was a false. Really the yeah. A, that's a good that's a good idea I don't disagree with that does anybody what was but also, that it don't make sense to us. right right yeah and Jesus even in his, in his teaching was teaching of this new kingdom he wasn't coming in in power. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. That he was just saying um, that even a disciple, one of the ones closest to Jesus, just had had these doubts, you know. Um, and so I think it's okay for us as followers to have our doubts. But it's I think it's also important to remember too, not to let our doubts derail our our process, the process of discipleship, because you know I, I I've seen that too, you know where the doubts just pile up without without looking for the scars and the the piercings and stuff and just going i you know that's that's enough um Yeah. That's why the Mormons go off in twos. You know, I mean, seriously. To me, the biggest thing in doubt is when you quit telling your story, your story will be done. I'm blessed to be able to be a leader in my job. And I know I do my best job as a leader when I have Christ in my heart. You know, it allows me, you know, when I have a moment of doubt, you know, it takes everything away from what you've been blessed, you know, in your life. I like that. That, that speaks to. The, the boldness, I think, of Peter that we'll talk about in just a second, too. Yeah, awesome. What's up? That's a good word to, to courage, to cur- the, the, the courage that, that Thomas had just in Jesus showing up and going, okay, you know, I wonder, I wonder if they were kind of healed up already, you know, if they were scars or were they still, I think, I think they were scars, anyway, <clears throat> I'm turning the page now. All right, so um, let's talk about this. What are uh, the discipleship process? Let's talk about what are the what are the steps to that? Because I think discipleship is one of those words that, depending on what church you grew up in, meant a whole litany of things. Um, different, you know, different. It could, a lot of, you know, the church I grew up in, it just meant study, 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 study. Um, that was discipleship what are what are some what are some pragmatic what are some what are some things steps to discipleship spoken like a true worshiper yeah being in his presence how do you how does that manifest itself for you jack how do you do that oh okay. Okay. That's a loaded question. Well, that's payback for that your mom joke you did to me earlier. Yes, ma'am. and mm-hmm. Right. Right. You know, he, he gave us the example, so if we really want to know what discipleship is, we have to look at the fullness of what he did with his disciples. Right. And he didn't stop when he died and was resurrected. Right. He just really amplified and said, Now you must do the battle. Right. But I will always be here with you. But yeah. I'll And I think, too, going back to what Jamie said, too, was the, 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 being, the process being an apprenticeship, you know. These guys were walking with Jesus. And that's what, you know, when we talk about a, a Christian, a Christ follower, uh, we should be walking with Jesus, living in His Spirit, doing the things He's commanded us to do. And those are the, those are the I think that may be the, the kind of thing that I'm not only studying, it's important to know His Word and be in His Word and, and listen to what He's telling you through prayer, through song, through other, other people, uh, other believers. That's important. But also, what, is it, what does it say? Um, I mean, because we talk about this too. Disciples and Christ followers. There, there's no difference. If you're a Christ follower, you are a disciple. And you're called to do things. You're called to uh, do the things mentioned, but you're also called to be a blessing to others. So I think, I think all that stuff, uh, you know, as a church, we've we've really tried to embrace that, and give opportunity after opportunity, to uh, be a blessing to others, so that so that people can see God's goodness in us, as opposed to just huddling up in here once a week, uh, being able to take it to your workplace, like you're saying. Um. Anyway. No, we're done. Okay, go ahead. Right. Right. Okay so what about what about those that ha- are not yet following Christ Right Uh, yeah, a lot of people will say, I, "I know I'm here for a reason." You know, they're still searching. They don't know what that reason is yet. Or, yeah. I like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think that's the that's the thing too. Uh, that I mean that's the mission. That's what Christ... That's good too. That's what, and two. I will point out too: the mission isn't to go to church. You know, the the mission the mission is for us to go. We're not called to come sitting here an hour a week. We're called to go make disciples, teaching them to teaching them to obey, and live in Christ's ways. So that's that's our call. That's our mission, and we you know, should we choose to accept it. So. Um. Yeah, John 20, 21 says, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And so that's the that's the Missio day or the mission of God. Mm-hmm. I like that. The guy, Henry Blackaby, he said, look, look around and see where God's working and go join him. That's kind of what you're saying is, is see where God's moving. See what God's doing and go be a part of that. That's good stuff. are many retreats, many retreats, multiple retreats. So how do you think that, I mean, how were the earliest disciples discipled? I mean, Jesus didn't show up and plop a Bible down or give them a Francis Chan DVD or whatever. I mean, those are the things we, you know, we can sometimes default to books about the book, you know, books about the Bible. But I think it's, I think for us, it, it's it's really getting to know Christ through his word. You know, knowing how to hear Him, knowing what's of Him. And we can't just, we can't do that, coming and listening to some dude spout off in here once a week. You know? They did. Yeah. Go and do likewise. And greater things. Go do greater things. Yeah. Mm. yeah yeah boy i bet that was life-giving just he he was just saying as they were going following jesus from place to place to place just the just the talk amongst amongst each other you know how awesome that would have been wow did you just see what he did? did can you believe about this new kingdom that we're we're to be about When Jesus, when when Peter was talking to the to the folks that had gathered, says that they found salvation. Excuse me, they found forgiveness. What does that mean? To find forgiveness. Forgiveness of what? He's bigger than that too mm. yeah. yeah yeah going back to going back to the Abraham and Isaac story I mean I that that is where my mind went when I when I saw that question there was there was a forgiveness and there was also a substitution. You know, Abraham's about to, to plunge a knife into Isaac and God says, wait, I have this substitute for you. I see that you, you have faith in me and I see that you love me, but I, there's this substitute. And so, that, I mean, just the correlation between that story and the story of Jesus was pretty powerful for me in this week. Lay, being able to lay down years of just constant beating yourself up and, you know. Yeah. Kind of give them lip service. Yeah. So there's something, too, about being truly forgiven and lip service. Ah, yeah. Oh, you're sorry. Okay, I got Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think... Well, let, me, let me read a little bit more and then we'll, we'll be done. The apostles were performing... This is kind of at the end of the end. The apostles were performing many miraculous signs and wonders among the people. Everyone was filled with awe and all the believers were meeting regularly at the temple in the area known as Solomon's Colonnade where they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching of the word. Guided by the Spirit the church grew in Jerusalem and then spread throughout the region as the disciples gave their lives fully to the work of the gospel. They continued to preach about Jesus' death and resurrection and new life for all who would believe. They lived generous lives, sacrificing for those who were in need. All of this displayed God's great generosity toward mankind in real tangible ways. So, I think, I think in this story, um, we need to we need to determine whether we're we're active participants, if we're disciples, or if we've regulated ourselves to the crowd, you know, the ones that were just following for a while. And if we find ourselves in the crowd, why? You know, in light of the sacrifice that God made, the the one that we're talking at the substitutionary sacrifice that God made, to restore us, to bring us back to restore what's broken in us, uh, why do we still choose to cling to our idols? You know, a a lot of people do. In light of the story, do we still find that it's our own goodness that we're trying to somehow attain God's favor through our goodness? And in light of the story, are we really living on the mission of God and making disciples? Are we, are we living generous lives and sacrificing for those in need? Charity for me is, you know, I, th- I, th- I thought about this. You know, I, I've heard people say to young married couples, Jenny and I taught them, you know, and, and I've, I've actually had other people tell me this too. It's like, wow, if I could just ever get out of debt, then I'll just be generous. If I could just you know if I could win the lottery god i 'll give you half you know something like who said that? come on um, but I think charity is is one of those things that we 're called to, but I also think it 's a heart thing that 's why that 's why giving to the church tithing is a heart thing it 's between you and God you know i think it's, it's a, it, it reflects the condition of our heart, our charity, our giving um, God commands us to give generously. He commands us to give cheerfully. uh, Because I think a heart directed toward Christ is those things. Maybe that's maybe that's the lesson for today. Maybe that's maybe that's in the process of discipleship is when when we when our hearts are so uh, mushy, I guess, or whatever. When our hearts are just so directed toward God that our, our generosity is just overflowing. We can't help but just give away. I've got one last question for today. This is the last question of the study, so woo! Um, that's kind of a multi-question question. Do we have the desire, desire to join in the amazing story? I mean, it's totally amazing. We've talked about it for 12 weeks, and we keep, we keep pointing back going, find yourself in the story. The story's still being written in your life. There's an there's the opportunity to still be used by God in the story. To, to retell the story, to, to proclaim boldly at work or wherever? Do we have a desire to join this amazing story, to live the, in the way God's directed us to live, to tell, Je- to tell about Jesus this once and for all sacrifice, and to bless and be blessed by others?